Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday. That means we have another story from Marianne. I, I swear we should maybe rename this podcast The Adventures of Marianne. That's almost what it sounds like anymore, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it sort of works. Um, I guess I'll have to be like Marlo Thomas and throw a hat in the air or something and like, yay, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so many years ago, when our kids were young, they were like seven and 10, I got a really fun job that I loved doing. Now, it's not like I didn't have enough to do. I had the grooming shop. I still had a diaper service. My in-laws were living with me. We were foster parents. But this was really, really cool. There were three hospitals where we lived. They were all in a different city, but they were only about 30 miles apart from one another. And my job was to take pictures of the brand new babies that were born. And you guys remember when your kids were born that they took that little snapshot of the baby, usually sleeping or all face all scrunched up. But that's the first picture of your baby. And I thought it was a really cool thing to do. Now, you have to understand, back then, moms got to stay in the hospital for, you know, five or six days. And if it was a C-section, you even stayed in longer than that. So when I would get a call from the hospital, uh, one of the nurses would say, well, there's two that are born, but there's three more in labor. So you don't have to come tonight, probably tomorrow. And so that's the way it worked. And it was really crazy. I could always, I always knew when there was a full moon because there were always a whole bunch of more babies born over a full moon. And, you know, now it's a drive through. You have the baby today, you're home tomorrow. And I am figuring with everybody on their cell phones, I don't even know if they take baby pictures in the hospital anymore. I mean, I'm sure parents just take their own pictures. So most of the newborns just got their hair brushed a little bit and, you know, to this, put it up in the middle like a little curly cue. And, and that's if they had any hair. And, you know, they were just swaddled in their little receiving blankets. And I tried to catch them when they were awake or put a, a pacifier in their mouth and then pop it out before I took the picture. You know, just so that they wouldn't be all, you know, crabby. And I never took one of one crying. But once in a while, the new mom had a cute or fancy outfit she wanted the baby to wear. Most were baby girls that the moms wanted to do this to. But if you think about it, 35, 40 years ago, they didn't have that many cute kids' clothes, a boy's clothes. The girls' clothes were always really pretty but not like little boys clothes now. Now they're really cute, but back then not so much. So really most of the boys were sort of just bundled up in their receiving blankets. 
One time I was changing a baby into a really fancy dress. And the dress was actually a size three month, which is pretty tiny. But the baby only weighed five pounds. And I have to admit, she would have been just as cute in her little receiving blanket. But no, this is what mom wanted. So now I've got my head down and I'm trying to get her wiggled into this little pink lace thing. And my head's down and I hear uh, an older woman say, oh, for heaven's sake, this is what a baby, this is, this isn't a baby doll. She's, she's real. Why is she making you put this on with all that pink lace? And my head was down and I'm thinking, who just walked in this room? And I finally picked it, but then the mom said, what did you just say? And I had said, well, mom just wants her to have a pretty dress on and look as cute as she can. And of course, the mom had no idea who I was talking to. And I, the whole time thinking I'm talking to somebody alive. And I looked up and there was nobody there except mom. And I was holding the baby. And then there was ghost grandma in the doorway. And she was just, oh, I, I looked at mom and I said, oh, I, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the baby. I didn't want her to think that, I, you know, I was some kind of nut. And I looked at grandma and I said, you had she had such a shocked look on her face that I could see her. And I said, grandma said, oh my God, you almost scared me to death when you started talking to me. I looked at her and I said, you are dead. How could I scare you to death? And I said, and what happened? She said, oh, I died about six months ago and I wasn't going anywhere without seeing my first granddaughter. She says, and I'm so glad I waited because we didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And I already got three grandsons and I really want a granddaughter. And so now I've got it. But now she's treating her like a baby doll. And I said, you know, if you go to the light, you can spend all the kinds of times around your, your granddaughter. And, you know, you can visit her all the time. And grandma said, no. I am sticking around and I'm watching over her. She says, look what an airhead her mother is. And I said, Grandma, all you're going to do is make the baby sick if you stay around. You're an energy drain on her. Do you want to make her sick? And I said, if you go to the light, that's when you can really, really help her. Grandma said, well, I don't know. I said, face it, Grandma, where are you getting your energy from? And she says, well, yeah, from other people. And I says, and what happens? They get headaches or they're, they're cranky, they're crabby. You want to do that to this little one? And she said, okay, okay, I'll go to the light. And she went to the light. Another time I went to the nursery to get a baby boy. And I saw, oh, a young woman, maybe 25, 24 years old, just looking at all the babies in the nursery, there were over eight babies there. 
She wasn't staying close to anyone in particular, just smiling and looking at each one. Didn't touch, didn't put a pacifier in their mouth, didn't change a blanket or move a blanket. And I took the infant that I was supposed to take a picture to, to his mother's room, and was sitting, getting the camera ready. And this little kid had a head of hair on him. I am not kidding you. He just had so much hair. And as hard as I tried, I could not get his hair to lay down. It looked like he stuck his finger in a light socket and it was like boing all over the top of his head, just sticking up in every kind of which way direction. The mom said he's three days old and I've never seen his hair do that before. And we were laughing. And of course, I'm using one of those really soft brushes. And so I'm thinking, oh, it's probably static electricity. Why hasn't this ever happened before? This is what I'm thinking. And even the earthbound lady was laughing. And, but he did look so funny, even if he was cute. Then it dawned on me. I said to the lady, the earthbound lady, you know, do me a favor. Go stand in that doorway for a minute. I want to see something. So she moved to the doorway. And all of a sudden, his hair got real manageable. So it was her energy that was making his hair stand on end. And she said, well, that doesn't happen in the nursery when I'm around the babies. I said, no, but they all have those little hats on. So how would you know? And she said, oh, yeah, I guess so. I said, you just hang out in the hospital all the time? She goes, yeah. She died, she said, I died many years ago giving birth. And she says, and my child is fine. Actually, he's a teenager now and he's fine. And she says, but I just miss the babies. I wanted a baby so bad. She says, so I just sort of hang out. I said, you know, if you go to the light, you can come back and forth and not give any of the kids static electricity and you can see them all you want. And she looked at me and she said, you think I can really do that? I said, yeah, I do. So she went to the light too. And then at another hospital nursery, and it had a lot of Amish new moms there. And as long as they called them the English moms, that's what they called the people the, the people that weren't Amish in Amish countries or counties, they call them the English. The English are living over there. Oh, the English lady over there had a baby. And it wasn't that often that the Amish actually went to the hospital to have a baby. But this woman had twins and apparently there was high blood pressure problems. I don't know. So she was actually in the hospital for about three days before she gave birth to her twins. And of course, all the English. Now, this was a ward. There were four beds in there. And there were five babies, though, because each of the English moms had one each. But the Amish lady had two. She had the twins. And the English moms wanted pictures. But of course, not the Amish mom photo is not high on their list. Now, the twins belonged to this Amish lady, and she had a friend there, maybe a sister, and one of them was holding the baby, and the mom was holding the other one. 
and they were watching while I took pictures of the three infants. And while I was doing that, they were whispering to one another and watching. And every time the, the camera would flash, they'd put their hand over their baby's face with the one that they were holding. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder why they're so afraid of having their photos taken. But again, who knows? And so the one said to me that was not the mom, she says, how much does it cost to have the pictures taken? And I told her every hospital has a different policy. And this hospital gives you the pictures for free. It's a perk for having your baby here. The other two hospitals that I do this at, they do charge, but not this hospital. So Amish mom asks, could you take one picture of both of the babies? And I was so surprised because they, they really, they don't do that. And I said, sure. I said, you're sure this is what you want to do? And they said, yeah, we'll never have a picture of the two of them together. And the one started laughing. She said, we'll never have a picture, let alone of the two of them together. And I thought, okay, so I had the babies together and it looked like they were the same isolate and they didn't want the hats on, but the blankets were fine. They let them wear the blankets. And I said, do you, because I saw every time I snapped the picture for the other babies, they didn't like the flash. I said, do you want me to try to take these pictures with no flash? And the one said, well, will they look as good? And I said, well, you know, let's do one with the flash and do a couple without the flash. And then you could pick which one you like better. And they, she said, okay, well, the babies were so cute. It looked like they were holding each other. I had them arranged and they were just really cute. And all of a sudden I heard this very loud, shrill voice scream stop and I looked up and it was an earthbound spirit of an older Amish woman and she jarred the isolate just a tiny little bit where in the end the one baby started to cry and I looked at this woman and I asked her if she was nuts or why did she, she scream and, and shake the babies up and she said those babies then both started crying because the one was crying. So the other one started crying and now they were, the one was so red in the face from screaming. So I picked him up and the one said, the one Amish woman said to the other one, I knew we shouldn't have done this. We're going to get in big trouble for this. And I looked at the earthbound woman and she said, see, that's why I did it. They cannot have the, these pictures taken of these babies. It is against our rules and our regulations. And I'm going to tell the bishop, and he's going to be very angry at what they almost did. And I said, okay. And I looked at the two moms and I said, what do you want to do? And they both said, no, no, we're done. No pictures. We, we learned our lesson. We, we can't take any pictures. We're not going to upset our, the babies. I said, all right. 
So, and this old woman is just smiling because it worked. She foiled the attempt to have the baby's pictures taken. And then it dawned on me. I said to her, is the bishop dead? She said, no. And I said, well, wait a minute. You're going to go back now and tattle on them and tell the bishop what they tried to do. She goes, oh, yes, I am. Our congregation does not do that. Our sect is very strict and we don't allow that. And I said, how can he see you if he's alive? And she said, I don't know. He's always been able to see me. She says, I guess he can do the same thing you can do. And I just sort of stared at her and I said, okay. And I said, so he has you snooping around and all the people in your congregation. I says, and then you tattle on them and you tell them what they're doing wrong. And she said, well, yeah, something like that. And I said, so you're a big snitch. I said, you try to get all these people in trouble. And she said, well, no, that's my job. And I said, who gave you the job? She said, well, the bishop said that, that that's why I didn't see God yet, because I had to help him get the bad people out of the church. And I just thought to myself, okay. I said, do you want to go on the light? She says, no, my job isn't done and I'm not going to the light. And I said, all right. And, you know, I thought about it and thought about it. I wonder what side that bishop's on. And don't know the man, never saw the man. I have no clue. But I think he was sort of up to no good. Thinking he's got a personal vendetta and an ego problem with being in power in a religious position. That's right. That's right. And some of these guys, I mean, some of these bishops, which would be the same name as a priest or a minister and you know, in another religion. But and and believe me, over the years I have known some religious people that their egos, in my opinion, didn't make them that religious. So, <laughs> No. Um, and there's plenty of true crime episodes about, you know, religious fanatics with big egos who it's all about the power, the manipulation and, you know, controlling masses of other people to benefit themselves. So. That's right. Well, we, we have that big trial going on now right here with the, the insurance man. I mean, tell me his ego isn't bigger than the moon. He's, right. he's thinking he's going to get away with this. So we'll see. But, and, and this just goes to show you, there is no place that you go that there couldn't be an earthbound spirit. Mm -hmm. I mean, a nursery is one of the most peaceful places, even when they're crying is peaceful. And yet to see ghosts there didn't surprise me. One of the local city hospitals they had such a problem with earthbound spirits in their nursery and maternity ward and labor rooms and delivery rooms that I had to go out and seed the whole place up so that these new moms that were going through this could do it by themselves and not have anybody um, looking over their shoulder. 
So it, it happens. It absolutely happens. I tell moms that are going in to have their babies, tape a seat on your back so that if there's any ghosts where you're delivering, they're not in the same room with you. Right. Just never know. I mean, even though we're one of the more advanced countries, you know, we still have a pretty high, you know, death during delivery. That's right. Which is astounding to me. Right. Um, Yeah. With all the medical marvels that they have now, you wouldn't think that that would even be a problem. And believe it or not, it's always not in the poor neighborhoods either. I mean, it's across the board. Uh, so you see some women that are pregnant that won't eat lunch meat and won't eat raw fish and won't, well, I wouldn't either, but you know, all this stuff and, you know, but they still have a problem, you know, at that time. So you just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, I can, I can understand wanting to look at all the cute babies, you know, um, and in one of my maybe retirement type of plans, because I, I can't just retire and sit and do nothing, I will go absolutely crazy. But, you know, some hospitals are always looking for volunteers to come in and sit with babies, you know, so you sit and you hold them, you feed them or, you know, just give them that comfort, especially right. if mom is unable to for whatever reason. Right. You know, and you just sit and, you know, hold babies, yeah. especially if they're drug babies. Um, but I have heard that that's not as sweet as it is. Cause a lot of these babies, um, they're born addicted and they're in pain from the withdrawal. So it's not always exactly the cute, hold, quiet, you know, adorable. Oh, baby. No. It's a in pain, screaming little withdrawal baby. baby. A couple of our foster babies were like that. And you think about it, you get a baby in your arms and the first thing you do is you start rocking back and forth or side to side. Oh my gosh, you do that to an addicted baby and that movement will make them scream bloody murder. Mm-hmm. You have to hold one of those babies so quietly. Mm-hmm. No noise. I mean, the, the sl- a dog barking will set them off. It's really hard, and you think they're so tiny that it wouldn't take their long to clear their system, but it it can take a couple of weeks, and each day gets a little bit better, but your heart just breaks for these babies that, uh, did the parents even know what they were doing? You just wonder sometimes. the, The one little girl that we had... Um, she was four pounds old when we got her and that was full term and she wouldn't talk to the caseworkers, but she talked to me and cause I had to see her once a week when I would bring the baby in for her to see. And I, I needed to get information. And like I said, she wouldn't give information to the caseworkers. So I said, so you, you drank while you were pregnant because this, baby was uh, alcohol addicted. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, no. She says, well, yeah. She says, I, I drank um, a fifth of vodka a day until I, I knew I was pregnant. She says, and I, I realized I was pregnant when I was about four months along. And I'm thinking, well, gee, okay. Well, there was still five months with no booze. And she said, no, I still drank the, the 10, 12 beers a day, but you know, that's nothing. That's just canned beer. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are you crazy, lady? There's still <laughs> alcohol in can of beer. <laughs> they have no clue. 
they have no clue. And you just sit there and you have to have such a straight face and you're thinking, I want to just get up and kick this lady right now. You know, I'm, I'm up all night with this baby screaming because she's trying to get through this addiction. And the mother's just sitting there and you know that she's probably got two beers sitting in her car downstairs. As soon as she leaves, she's going to pop them and drink them. It's like, I, I, I. it's hard. It's, it's really hard. But that little girl, just as a side note, is now 30, going to be 33 years old. And she's wonderful. She's fine. She's a nurse, actually. Oh, wow. So she's she's did fine. But she did not go back to that mother either. She did get adopted. Now, is she a nurse in the maternity ward? That would be awesome if she was. Yeah, I do not know where she's a nurse at. I, I I know the hospital, but I don't know what department she's in. She did have learning disabilities with the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And all of college, last two years of high school and all four, actually five years of college, because it took her an extra year. But she had tutors for the whole thing. And she worked at it and she worked at it. And like I said, she became a nurse. So I give her credit for that. Oh, well, that's great that she didn't like get discouraged and just quit. Like, right. You know, right. she kept going, knowing she could do it with the right help. That's yeah. awesome. This baby was six months old. And I did the same thing with all of our foster babies. I took a picture of them at three months, at six months, at nine months, at 12 months. And I made albums for the parents, whoever was going to get them adopt, you know, to adopt them. Aww. And when I, put her in the smallest dress I could find, which was a three-month size dress to have her picture taken. She still only weighed eight pounds. That's how little she was. Oh. And she was just the cutest little thing. And but she just, she that kid ran when she was seven months old, didn't have an ounce of baby fat on her. She just was so active and she turned out pretty cute. Now, did she, uh, did she say tiny the whole time? Or? Yeah, she's still real petite and she's got some Native American in her background and her hair is pure white. She's the blondest, whitest child and the biggest blue eyes, but her skin is just a little bit darker. Like she's got a permanent tan all the time. She's mm-hmm. a real beauty. She really is. She's very, very pretty now. So, but like I said, you you just don't know. And the mother that was in that one hospital that was just there because her she had died during delivery, that's pretty common in a lot of the nurseries across the United States where the mothers realize when they go home with their infants that they're making them sick. So they go back to where they can see a bunch of them, but not be around them 24-7 so they don't make them sick. But, you know, it brought her comfort at least. So, mm-hmm. but I think when she went to the light, she at least could do whatever she wanted then. So that was better. Well, and she was obviously checking up on her son since, you know, she she knew he was a teenager. He's fine and doing good. So, right. Right. I mean, I, I think those of us that are moms can understand that if she didn't know to go in the light and come back and see all the babies. Right. So, um, I've already warned my kid, like, I am so going to be hanging around and giving you issues and, <laughs> you know, and he's like, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so. we'll see. And I'll call my Marianne up and have a seat so you can't get anywhere close right. to mom. <laughs> right? 
Right. Yep. He's like, I'll just put my necklace on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was kind of a heartwarming story. All the, all the little babies. Yeah. Um, and Marianne, I'm surprised you had time to even go do baby picture taken with everything you had on your plate at that time in life. So, yeah, but I usually went in the evenings and the grooming was done by then. And so, and I wasn't as busy with the ghost back then because it was still, shh, don't tell anybody. And so, but like I said, we're just baby people. We just love babies. And so it was just, I just really enjoyed doing it. So, you know, maybe uh, if you if you might have an interest, maybe get a hold of your local hospital with maternity wars and ask them how to volunteer to go, you know, hold some babies or. In the NICU, they're always looking for people there for sure. And they're always looking for people that can sit for an hour or two and get all decked up in the gown and everything because these babies are so sick. But just to hold them says that they have some warmth from an, a live person and body. It really does calm the babies. It, it truly does. There's There's been some studies out there about, um, you know, that human contact and, and brain development and helping them socialize later. So it, it's a part of their healthy development to have human contact, even if it's not exactly the parent. But. That's right. As long as it's another breathing person. That's right. And it, and it shows it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So contact your local hospital if you got the time and you like the babies. Go go yeah. this. Well, thanks for the story, Marianne. Um, kind of a feel good. Yeah. We'll see what we can do next week. Yeah. So join us live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And let us know if you go hold some babies in the hospital and um, what you thought of today's episode episodes launch every Wednesday at 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if this is your first one, you can go back and catch like 30 some odd other ones and uh, discuss them with us, ask us questions. And uh, maybe sometimes those questions spur on ideas for other podcasts. It, it jogs Marianne's memory of another adventure she had. Yep. So <laughs> we're going to be like Wingo Speak, subtitle, The Adventures of Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Join us again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.